are listening to Covenant of Grace Radio, brought to you by Covenant of Grace Ministries in Greensboro, North Carolina. You may also listen to our Bible studies and contact us over the World Wide Web at covenantofgraceministries.com. Once again, that's covenantofgraceministries.com. I'm your Bible teacher, Burley Moore, inviting you to join us now for today's study of God's Word. In Romans chapter 1, we discover that it's possible for God to give people over to a reprobate mind. That is a debased mind, or in other words, a corrupt mind. After talking about the sins of homosexuality and lesbianism, Romans chapter 1 verse 28 declares, And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whisperers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Once again, what is a reprobate mind? A reprobate mind is one that is unable to discern the difference between right and wrong. A mind that is in love with the devil's lie. A mind that hates God's truth. A mind that is incapable of choosing right and sees nothing whatsoever wrong with sin. God gives a believer a mind that hungers for his word. And without that soul-saving, life-transforming new birth, no man will seek after God. The mind controls the man. Therefore, the mind becomes the battlefield of Satan as he battles for the minds of men. We're admonished in Philippians 2.5, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. We need to learn how to think like Christ thinks. We need to seek after a mind like that of Christ. A reprobate is one that not only commits sin, but approves of it. Did you hear that? A reprobate is one that not only sees nothing wrong with sin, he not only commits it, but he approves of it, and he enjoys seeing others commit it. According to Scripture, God considers homosexuality to be the most disgusting sexual expression of man's rebellion against him. In the closing verses of this chapter, Paul goes on to list various types of unrighteousness with which the human race is filled. Yes, homosexuality is a disgusting thing. That doesn't mean it's the only disgusting thing in the sight of God. But it is an abominable practice, God declares in the book of Leviticus. The word unrighteousness is a general term, but now he names many of the sins that comprise unrighteous behavior. People sin in many different ways. We're all sinners. 
We are all, every one of us, have violated God's standard of holiness. We're all sinners. We don't all sin in the same ways. But we seem to want to think that other people's sins are worse than our sins. Well, let me remind you that it was Adam eating a piece of fruit that he was forbidden to eat that doomed and damned the entire human race into a life of sin and placed us under the curse of sin, the consequences of sin. We're all sinners. People do sin in many different ways, and God will judge the unrepentant regardless of the sin that he commits. We have several sins that are mentioned here in our text. He begins for, with fornication. Fornication is at the top of this list of sins. It is sexual immorality. Christians can and do commit this sin as well as any other sin, but cannot, they cannot, Christians cannot sin and be happy in doing it. Christians cannot, be, cannot sin and get away with it. Yes, I say again, Christians can commit fornication as well as any other sin, but they cannot do it without chastisement. Hebrews chapter 12 makes it perfectly clear that when we, we as Christians sin, we don't escape in this life because God chastens us. He corrects us. He, if you will, takes us out behind the spiritual woodshed and gives us a licking. Such behavior for a professing Christian will be the exception and not the rule. This list goes on and names the various ways in which people sin in thought, deed, attitude, and disposition. He mentions wickedness. Wickedness is a general term that describes sin regardless of what type or category it is. Covetousness is the sin of greed, sinfully desiring anything that belongs to another person. Maliciousness. Maliciousness is deliberately doing harm to another individual for any reason. Envy is to be discontented with what we have and to sinfully desire that which belongs to another. Then he lists murder and then debate. Debate is just strife, deceit, malignity. Malignity is evil-mindedness. And these words are just simply associated. They all are associated with the previously listed sins and simply reemphasizes them. We're all guilty sinners. We've all done wickedly. We're all guilty of sin. Whisperers. That describes those who slander other people trying to discredit their character. Ever known a backbiter? Ever been a backbiter? Backbiters also describe those who try to bring harm to others, usually by the spoken word, elevating self and trying to hurt others by that verbal word spoken with the wicked tongue. Haters of God refers to people who very clearly demonstrate ungodly behavior that reflects their hatred for the things of God. The truth about the matter, we have all were haters of God until God got a hold of us and convicted us and converted us. We're all guilty sinners. And then it says in closing, it lists despiteful, rather that's talking about violent people. Some are more violent than others, but we all can certainly be capable of being violent and 
and if nothing else than a violent temper. And then proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without natural understanding, without understanding, without understanding is talking about undiscerning people. We're all without proper understanding and proper discernment because the natural man is, is, is carnal and wicked. Covenant breakers, untrustworthy people, without natural affection, implacable, unplacable is unforgiving people. Ever had a hard time forgiving someone? Unmerciful. We have a list of sins here, just a, a category of many different sins of which we all are guilty. So before we start pointing a finger and condemning uh, the homosexual and thinking that God cannot and will not forgive them, we have to look at what God has forgiven us of and from and our lostness. In this list of sins are sins with which every human being can identify and must confess that we are all worthy of death before the judgment bar of God's wrath. No one can escape knowing the judgment of God against all acts of ungodliness. Those outside the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ will do these things and even take pleasure in doing them. However, while it is possible for a Christian to commit sin, it is impossible for a Christian to do these sins and be at home in the realm of sin. In other words, if a Christian commits these sins, he's going to find himself a miserable creature when he commits them because the Holy Spirit within will make us miserable and will chasten us. In other words, as long as we are in these bodies of flesh, the Christian will not want to practice sin as a way of life. 1 John chapter 5 and verse 18 describes what I'm trying to say in this way. We know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. Now what this is saying literally from the Greek is we know that whosoever is born of God does not practice sin. We do not practice sin as a way of life. It doesn't say we'll never sin, but we don't make sin a practice. It's the exception and not the rule for a follower of Jesus Christ. One of the most frightful statements that we read in all of Scripture is what we read right here in the book of Romans chapter 1. Verse 24, verse 26, and verse 28. The Bible says God gave them up. God gave them up. It's a sad day when God writes a person off as having committed the unpardonable sin. The unpardonable sin is not just a sin that sends people to hell, but it is the sin that damns souls to eternal torment. God can and God does save all types of sinners, but the sinner that never has a desire for Christ is doomed for all eternity. God's wrath is reaped in both time and eternity. There is no worse thing that could possibly happen to an individual than for God to abandon him. God is so good and gracious. God is so long-suffering toward sinners. But his patience is not forever. Listen to me. There are limits to God's patience. 
According to scripture, we know that God does save people who are caught up in a homosexual lifestyle, but the majority will not be saved because God has given them up to damnation. God has commissioned the church to evangelize a world that has turned from him because he does have a people that he's calling out to be his own. And there are those, as we've seen from the Corinthian church, who were gloriously converted from their homosexual lifestyles. And there are people today that God is still calling out to be his own. As long as we live in this world, we must constantly put up our guard not to be like the world. The Christian must never let down his guard to resist the permissive and perverted trends of immorality within our culture. For that reason, godly parents and Christian churches need to set the standard and live by example before the next generation. God knows what is best for us, and by giving us his holy word, he gives us our guidebook for living a life that can be found pleasing to him. Thank you for joining us in today's Bible study. You may contact us and listen to Covenant of Grace Radio by looking us up on the internet at covenantofgraceministries.com. I'm your Bible teacher, Burley Moore, inviting you to tune in again at this same time each week. Until our next broadcast, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all.